I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I'm Heather Steinker, the CEO and founder of Chaos and Cookies, and I am a productivity pro for those of you who are new to listening. And I'm excited because we've been trying to set this up for a while. I have an amazing guest and friend, and she's going to be fantastic, and you're going to love her. Her name is Jennifer Takagi, Takagi Consulting, and she is the Chief Encouraging Officer of Takagi Consulting, and she creates leaders and defines cultures. And a little bit about Jennifer before we bring her on. After a stellar career in the housing industry, Jennifer fulfilled her dream to start her own business as a speaker and trainer. She is certified as a success principles trainer, professional behavioral analyst, change style indicator with a parentheses with an R. We'll ask her about that. Facilitator, coaching specialist, as well as a four-time Amazon Kindle bestselling author. She's a contractor with the state of Oklahoma to facilitate training workshops. Jennifer has traveled the country training teams to work more effectively together. To date, she has spoken to more than 10,000 leaders and emerging leaders. Welcome, Jennifer, my friend, my pal, my confidant. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Heather, thanks so much. I'm glad we finally could get you know time on our calendars. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited for my listeners to hear what you have to say because Jennifer and I met uh, almost a year ago. Um, when we were filming our positioning videos in LA and we just hit it off ever since then we found out she's in Oklahoma and I'm in Texas and we talk all the time and we text and I call her when I need something or just need to kind of pan something out. She's amazing. And her opinion means so much to me. And so I thought we could share, I would share her today with you guys. So first of all, how are you? I am really good. Uh, We're actually recording this on a sunny Friday afternoon in the middle of winter. And I'm just so happy to live in Oklahoma because, you know, our, our horrible winter days last a couple and then we get a sunny, pretty day. So I know the weather's wonky. Yeah. (laughs) Here in Austin is wonky. Like it was just, it's, we got six inches of snow two weeks ago and then it was like, and it stuck on the ground for a little while. It was fun for the kids. I am not a fan, but it was fine. And now it's like 70 and it's like, oh, my, my kids are like, is it going to snow again? I'm like, probably not. Probably not. This was it for your lifetime, probably. <laughs> yeah. In Austin. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, it snowed a little last year, but it wasn't as much. So, I mean, they've seen more snow than I have in my whole life. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, we were going to talk, so you teach managers and you tell them all the things. And so we, my listeners are moms, they're business owners, they're busy trying to manage all the things. And so I know that you've got some great tips on just different strategies and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the mic on that one then. Yes, please. Okay. So the first thing I want to really emphasize is that we are all leaders 
And if someone does not have a management position with the title leader or title of manager, they don't consider themselves a leader. And so the first really, you know, strong lesson I like to get across is that we are all leaders, all of us. And the question is, how are we positioned in being a leader, right? Is it by title? Is it by action? How does that work? If you're the president of your, it was PTA when I was a kid, but I think they're called PTOs now, Parent yeah. Teacher Association <laughs> or whatever at school. If you're on the board of that in any board capacity, you're a leader, right? You are, you have a position within that organization. Maybe you teach at church and you're a Sunday school teacher. Well, you're a leader. And I'm telling you, a lot of people are watching what you're doing because that's a leadership position. We don't always consider that as women, especially, I don't have any children. I have lots of nieces and nephews, but as women, we just do things because we think that's our job. Like we're supposed to do that, but a lot goes into it. And I love the fact that you do trainings and help us with organizing our kitchen and organizing our meal prep and meal planning. That is a leadership role and being able to juggle all those things, as you call them, the things, as we juggle the things of cooking dinner, cleaning the kitchen, putting it all away, getting the kids to bed, getting our work done, because if we're actually working from home or going into an office, either way, we're busy. We have a lot going on. And when you own the fact that you are a leader and we all probably were in the sandbox, that's like step one. The next step is the people under you or your helpers, like your kids or your helpers, they're leaders too, but they may not want the title, but they need the position and they need to be able to do that work to build their skills. So I, I do a class for the state that's called Discover the Leader in You. And the first thing I do is raise your hand. How many of you consider yourself leaders? And a lot of times in a class of 36, less than half will raise their hand. And it's because of their title. Mm. And so we have to go through and break down that little barrier of how do you find a leader? And we are all one. We are all leaders. The question is where and how. It's like kind of a, almost a mindset shift that you have to do. So this is really great because you just shifted like, well, that's what I do. I'm a mom. It's my house. Of course I'm running it or I'm doing, you know, you're playing a role, but really if you switch it up a little and look at it that way, it makes a whole lot more sense and also could probably provide a lot of others with like confidence in themselves to be like, well, no, like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. Like, no. And then you want to also, the biggest thing when we have kids is like, you want to instill leadership and not be like, my oldest is a follower big time. And we're concerned what later on, we want you to follow the right people and be an example. And so teaching leadership and types of ways to do it or, you know, be lead by example. Right. And so that's a lesson that comes very early and we also have to live it later. It just keeps on. And those kids that are followers, like you say, those followers are the ones who set the example, because sometimes those of us who were leaders in the sandbox, we can get off course and make bad choices. And the followers, a lot of times they're a lot stronger personality than we realize. And they can be going, yeah, I am not doing that. I'm, 
I'm out on that. And then the leaders kind of end up following the followers, so to speak. But in organizations, especially, it's easy for the person in a management position, especially one or two levels up, to consider somebody a complete follower when what they don't realize, those people are influencing everybody else. They're getting everybody else on board. And in change style indicator in that parentheses with the R is registered trademark. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, the um, time over that way. <laughs> well, there you go. Auto correct that one. <laughs> it auto corrects everything else. And we <laughs> say the worst things ever, but that, no, it changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in change style, we talk about a lot on change is constant, it's consistent. And we say that, but do, can we do it? We've had people during the time of COVID that struggled horribly at working from home. They were used to going to an office. They didn't want to be on yet another Zoom call. Some people transitioned easily. Some people did not. If you're the one who transitioned easy, you need to help build up the people who didn't. Um, I, I call myself a chief encouraging officer. I'm techni technically CEO because, you know, I am, I'm the founder and the head of the business, but I really get my energy and my mojo and my complete satisfaction in the world by training other people and helping other people and encouraging them. Uh, my mom was really good at it. I don't think she had much self-confidence, but she could tell you what to do our cousins were getting married in our house and I was about five and my aunt came over, my mom's sister-in-law and my mom said, Hey, here's the music to here comes the bride. You learn to play that and I'll put the coffee on. And my aunt said, I don't play the piano. And my mom goes, you'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's kind of where that chief encouraging officer is. And when times get tough and it feels like everything's falling apart We've all had those moments where we felt like a loser, like I, nothing's going right. I, I can't do this. Why am I, you know, why am I a mom? Why am I married? Why am I trying to clean this out? Why am I cooking dinner? And, you know, then you burn the toast. And I always like to bring people back to make a list of the things that you have done successfully and you're happy about and proud of. And Jack Canfield, who is the creator of the success principles, the book and the training, he says, you know, when you have a group of people and you talk like this, if you have somebody 18 and younger, they're going to feel intimidated by the people in college, right? Because you're not at the same place. And he said, break it down. What were your biggest accomplishments from birth to seven? And how about seven to 15 and then 15 to 20? And bring it down to a space where everybody can have a win and you don't have someone with 30 years of experience up against somebody who's not had their first job yet. And when I thought about that, my biggest accomplishment to date, listeners, are you ready? Are you in with me? Was learning how to tell time. Hmm. That was my biggest deal. I'm the youngest of four Everybody knew what time it was. We're leaving in 15 minutes. What's 15 minutes? We're leaving at a quarter after. What's a quarter after? We're leaving at eight o'clock. What's eight o'clock? Drove me insane. Absolutely insane. Second grade, I learned to tell time and I got my first watch. And I pretty much wear a watch every day. 
when things don't go right, when the podcast doesn't save, when I hit the save button, <laughs> the microphone goes out, when I'm in the middle of a training and my light just dies, and I think, but I know what time it is. I can <laughs> analog clock. I can read a digital clock. I can do this. So it's kind of that thought of what is going to make you put your big girl panties on and, and keep going. So yes. one thing that everybody on this can do, make a list of your successes. Yeah. Make a list of your successes and refer to them when things aren't going how you planned. Yeah, because I think it's just so easy to get in like that headspace. And then like, if it's a negative day and we've all, you know, I know that like 2021, we all like reset and we're trying to like set, set goals. And then everyone's not taking like long-term goals. We're maybe doing shorter term because we don't really know what's going on, but getting out of that negative space, but even just flipping the script and just one, like even a word, it's so just, it can change your whole day, can change your whole mood. So, and I love Jennifer because if I'm ever needing like anything or if I'm like just struggling with an, like an idea or if like I need to like make a decision, but I just need some affirmation, I will call Jennifer and be like, okay, I need to talk to you about something. I already know the answer. And when she does it with me, she already knows the answer, but you just need sometimes like that little encouraging encouragement because you get into your own head and then you're like, of course, like I knew that. But I think with kids and stuff too, they, they're so, you know, their brains are still developing and there's just, it's a big world. And sometimes I try to remind myself, I'm, oh, I'm going to say my age, I'm going to be 36 in a few days. Woo! And uh, when my six-year-old or seven-year-old is doing something, I'm like, you know, I've had 36 years on this planet and he's only had seven. So what I think might be silly is huge to him. And so trying to just think back, like they've only had this much time on the planet, like give them a break, you know, and try to take it down. Like what, if I was seven, like what would I have thought too? You know, because right, every year builds right on the previous one and our experiences just keep, they just keep building. Absolutely. And it's all, and it doesn't always have to be positive because there's always a lesson in every mistake <laughs> and always a lesson in every success. Right. Right. Exactly. It's all going to come together. And I think with, you know, the chaos in your life, you have to give yourself some grace. You have to give yourself some grace. And I had a situation personally recently that I was very frustrated about a situation and I have journals everywhere because I never can find the one I want at the time. So they're just kind of randomly (laughs) (laughs) notebooks. everywhere. I have all these bags, right. And I put it in this bag with my laptop and then I put my laptop in a different bag to go somewhere else. So I never can find them. So I just like put them everywhere. And I wrote down a list of all the things I was grateful for with that experience, because we can find that silver lining, one thing good, you know, you dig through the chaos, there's something. So I made my list of what I was grateful for. And I just put my pen down and crawled into bed. And the next morning I woke up and literally the first words in my head were, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I hadn't heard that scripture or that song in, I don't know how many years. And so getting out of your own head is 
trying to find that positive. I, I have a friend who lost a baby. She was eight months pregnant, went into labor, delivered the baby. They said if he lives 24 hours, he should live. And he lived 26 and passed away. Aww. And it was, it was devastating, absolutely devastating. Fast forward, she ended up having two more children. They're grown and married now and wonderful. But she said, nothing good came for me personally that I lost my baby. Like, you don't ever really recover from that. You learn to move on, but you don't necessarily recover. And she said, but what I did learn was that the hospitals did not know how to handle a mom on the maternity ward who lost her baby. Mm. And they had me on the same ward. I'm hearing babies cry. The moms are with them. And it's just re-tearing out my heart every time. And she said, so I decided it was my mission in life to go and do grief counseling when a mom lost a baby and to educate the hospitals and the staff on what you can do to comfort this woman who has just had this horrific loss. And so her explanation to me was, you can't necessarily say that that event was good, but you can find a way to use it for good for other people. And she has touched, I don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands of lives over the year with this situation. So sometimes you have to take a little step back so that you can see more clearly, but you know, you can find one positive thing in a situation and we just have to take the time to be grateful that we're here and we came to the other side and then eventually find the good pieces in that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, wow. That was, that story is chilling, but you know, I mean, I mean, I have never had to go through that, but I could just imagine because I've seen it with friends that have lost and I could imagine that would be tough if it's not a common thing or if they don't have a system in place, someone would definitely need to let them know because clearly they were unaware or no one has ever spoken up because you got to poke holes in order to be able to fill them and fix them. Right. I'm good at that. I'm good at poking holes in people's systems, aren't I? <laughs> I always find a loop. We I, both are. I think that's why we're friends. <laughs> yeah. We always find like, well, it could have been like this, or this is what they should do. And so I think like once you have that type of like vision and you can step back and yes, everything's hard, but there's a lesson to be learned or there's something that you can like teach someone else to take that. And that could be what turns it around for you, you know? So yeah. yeah. And so I have a question for, and we'll pivot a little bit on for my business, my business moms out there. So you teach new managers how to manage. How do you recommend managing if you were like going to hire someone or maybe like how to get into that leadership mode now that you're going to actually have someone that's going to have some like monetary like link to you. It's not just like your children or a friend or a group of people that are free there. You know, it's, you don't get paid or you're not paying someone. Like how do you kind of get in that mindset where you can keep like employee versus, you know, versus employer type situation? Well, I think the first thing is to consider the differences between a leader and a manager. 
And the simple answer is a manager manages tasks and a leader leads people. And when we lead people, we lead through our vision. So let's say you're gonna bring on a VA. Let's say they're even gonna be virtual, right? So that makes it even harder because you're not necessarily face-to-face in the same room at the same table. One thing is to make sure that they are clear on your vision for your business. Because you know your business inside and out. You know how you want it to run. You know what you want it to be. And you have to be able to articulate that. So write down, I'm a real avid writer. I make lists everywhere. Make a list of the things that you want to convey to somebody on your vision for the business. Then the flip side of that is what specific tasks do you want them to do? What tasks do you want them to do? How do you want them done? Are you really particular? A lot of times when you have your own business, you're a visionary. So you don't really care about a lot of the tedious detail work. Mm -hmm. If you honestly don't care how that spreadsheet is set up to track your business, fine, let them go at it. But if you're just detail oriented enough that you have an exact way you want it set up, be sure you tell them clearly. I've had calls lately from several people who've said, my employees just don't get it. They don't know what to do. They can't think for themselves. And I go back to, well, it it could be you. Like you may not have given them enough room to think for themselves, although they claim they have. Sometimes we have to own our piece in that. And if you have hired someone and your first thought is, I need to fire them because this is not working well, it could be a communication thing. Because maybe it's, they're not thinking like you. Exactly. And maybe you're more of a perfectionist than you're willing to admit out loud in your head, you know, but you won't say it out loud and you want everything done only your way, but you did not communicate that. So I think almost every struggle in life between two human beings comes down to communication. Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. hundred percent. So when you bring them on, you need to be really clear. You know, this is what I want you to do versus that. Yes. Because I think like you either have an expectation and you aren't, you know what it is, but they don't because you didn't clearly give it to them. Like I hired a VA and I was like, this is what I want. And I was very particular, but then, you know, she wasn't communicating with me exactly what was going to happen. I just knew it was going to get done. But for me, I need to be like, for me personally, for anxiety purposes, I'm like, I just want to know that it is because I'm just sitting there like waiting for that to go. And I'm like, is it going to happen? And then I get hypervigilant and then end up messing it up because I end up doing it myself. And (laughs) then it's like, But when she was doing, it was like working really well. I'm like, you know what? My way isn't always the best way. As long as it's getting done in the way and you're happy with the result, then really it shouldn't matter. And it's very hard for a control freak, but to release it and be like, it's going to happen. You set the expectation. And if it doesn't happen after the expectations were set verbally, visually on paper and email, like a whiteboard, whatever, then, then you have that conversation. But I think with everybody, every relationship, it's, they get this expectation in their head and then it doesn't happen. And then you're like, it's not working. It's like, well, (laughs) did you, yeah. And there's two people, 
two people to it. There's always a dynamic. Like you have to also take the other person in consideration too. Conversation. It's all like, messy. Just yeah. know that it's messy. Always. Because also so like your type of communication, I think we're very similar, but for instance, your type of communication could be very blunt and I'm very like, Meh, I'm going to just like, you know, not say anything, but then it like bubbles up. And so you have to also know like your communication style and how you also receive information, human design and Enneagram you guys don't know what that is. Go Google it, go take the test They're free. It's so telling and uncomfortable to read sometimes. Cause you're like, ew, that's me, but yeah, it's me. But then it helps you understand what you process and how you also do that. And so when you're, I think dealing with someone in your business, you have to really like just dive in and just make sure you're good. Well, and a true life example of that at work, we did disc behavioral profiles and that's the, you know, my certification in professional behavior analyst. I fell in love with that and was like, I have got to learn to do this. So I went to a training and it was a lot, huge test passed it. Thank goodness. And so I'm certified to train in that. And there was a gentleman that worked in my office that sat at the opposite end of the floor from me. We were, you know, like a block apart. I had to provide a report to him every month. And every month he came walking down to my desk and wanted to discuss it. Like he would never just take the numbers <laughs> I turned in. And it would just, it was like nails on a chalkboard. It just aggravated me to death. Just take my stuff and move on. Like we're going to have this conversation and it's going to irritate me, whatever. Well, when we go to this offsite group training to do our profiles and there was a instructor who went through what they all meant and how they work together and don't, I looked over at him, we're at the same table and our charts were exactly opposite, mm. exactly opposite. So that gave me a complete understanding of how to and not to communicate with him. And when I would hear him coming down the hallway, I would take a deep breath because I knew what was coming. And that was, he's super caught up on details, super caught up on details. I'm really a more casual, big picture person. And I learned if I say, yeah, we're at 80%. And he knew we were at 78%. He just completely lost it. And like lost, I lost all credibility because I said we were at 80%. Well, we were almost at 80%. So when you understand those communication differences and styles, and I offended a woman one time, cause I said, you know, they're all so similar. And it's cause we all learn something about ourselves. They're also similar. Just take one, pick one, take it, learn about you. And then you can recognize things in other people. Yes. Because if you understand what your behaviors are, you might think you're the most relaxed person ever. And guess what? You are not at all. <laughs> no, it's so funny. And even on the flip side, if you're not talking about business, talk about home. Like when I did it, I told my husband, like, go take this. You will now understand how to communicate with me better because you're going to see how I like take how things in and yeah. how he processes too. Like, and then when, when he did it, he's like, oh my gosh, this is really accurate. I'm like, I know. So now like you need to understand how you're taking in information. So before you react to me, you need to make sure that you fully process it the way that you need to before now that you fully understand it. Cause sometimes when you're reading it on paper, it makes more sense than just like, yeah, I know how I am, you know? Well, and it's like um, the love languages. That's another one, another free assessment. 
you do the love languages assessment and I keep trying to get my husband to do it. And I don't know what he thinks is going to happen when he gets these results. He will not take it. And we've been married a very long time, so I kind of have a clue about his. But, you know, it might be that's my preconceived idea of what it is. And, you know, if he would ever take that, we might be able to just, like, iron out a whole lot of things. I have a niece. She and her fiancé at the time took the change style um, assessment. And she is a rule follower, hardcore rule follower. And if you don't follow the rules and you hurt somebody's feelings, she doesn't ever want to speak to you again. Like, that's it. And I was like, but, you know, sometimes you have to give people a little bit of grace, like they're in your life, blah, blah, blah. Well, her fiance at the time took it. He hit right dead square in the middle. And so we do our little finger like the um, computer circle going around processing, processing you can't push him into a decision. And thank God they took that before they actually got married because she'll look at him and say, I realize you're processing, processing, but we need to make a decision and move on. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's really, it's those kind of things are so helpful, Heather, because we don't want to fight all the time. It shouldn't be a struggle. Life should not be that hard. Agreed. Agreed. Easy. There should be some organization. That's why I love what you do. When are you going to come do my house? I'll just give you the keys for the weekend. <laughs> I know. I get that question all the time. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I, like my sister just moved over at like uh, New Year's and I went in there just to, to go in. Cause when we moved in the summer, like my house was done in a week a or two. I mean, like full, like it's not fully, but like for the most part. And of course my mom's like, of course you look like you've lived here for months and you've been here two weeks. I'm like, well, I just can't look at it. So when I go to her house, I had to go and take a deep breath. Cause I was like, she is not like me. She does things way differently than I do. So I know I'm going to walk into this house and it's not going to be pretty. And I was right. And I walked in and I'm like, so much stuff everywhere, but that's, and my mom's so funny. Cause she's like, I, the way I pack is I pack I organize it all, then I pack it in the boxes and then put it in the rooms. And then all I have to do is pull it out and put it away. My sister, as my mom would say, she packs like a gypsy. <laughs> she just throws it all in and she's like, eh, well, we'll address it when we get there. I'm like, why would you bring stuff with you if you're not going to need it? It's just more stuff to move and sift through. But that's the way she does. It's not important to her. It, it, she's got other fish to fry. And for me, it's like, I need order in my space because I can't function up here. That's why I had my baby a month early because I just could not sit and look at boxes and I had to get up and do it, even though I had people there helping me too stubborn. And now, you know, baby got, you know, came early and hung out at the hospital for a little while because I just couldn't do it. That was my, me working against myself, but you know, I did go over there and I was like going in through her kitchen and it made zero sense, made zero sense on how she had things. And I'm like, Ariel, can I just do this? And she's like, fought me for about five, 10 minutes. And she was like, no, it's fine. Like, I don't care. And then I finally was like, but I mean, like, why is the cups here? But the refrigerator's all the way over there. You have to walk all the way over here to get a cup when it's, so and she's like, you know what? Just do it. I was like, thank you. So I don't, so I don't strangle you. <laughs> I did. I came over and I, and I just did it. And I, I did her like whole, she had this cute little coffee section and I was like, she's pregnant. And I'm like, baby, like you put the bottle warmer here. You put the stuff here. You got, 
your two-year-old stuff here. You got, look, it's all here. So then nothing gets like caught over there. So when you're taking and putting the dishes away, you could just put it there and whatever. And she's like, but the oven's right there. I'm like, it's not like an old fashioned oven where you touch it, it gets hot. Like he's not going to turn it on. You can walk it. Like, he's not going to just be like, Oh, I want some water. I'm going to get my cup. Ooh, the oven. Let's open it. No, <laughs> like he's probably not even strong enough to open it. But that was what was going through her head. And as soon as I went there, she's like, my kitchen's done, huh? I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love it. it just gives me peace whether I'm living there or not. I'm like, Oh, it's going to function so nicely. You're not going to be looking for anything. So, I mean, I love it. I'll come over anytime and do it. Well, you know, and that's like you read an article and it says, you know, a cluttered desk is the sign of a sick mind or something. I don't know. It's, it's not positive. It is not positive. And, and I, <laughs> pardon me, I read another one and it says a cluttered desk is a sign of a brilliant mind. And it was like, oh, that's me. I'm the brilliant mind blend because even at work, I would spend days over the holidays when things were really slow and quiet and I would clean my whole desk off and people would come back and they'd go, oh my gosh, look at Jennifer's desk. It's so beautiful and so perfect. And it would stay that way for like two or three days. But I had my stacks and I knew what was in my stacks. I never in my life have had enough drawers to put everything in. Mm -hmm. So I always end up with stacks. And you know, this, that just doesn't bother me at all. I'm more of out of sight, out of mind person. Like I have a junk drawer drives my husband mad. He's like, I don't get how everything is so nice and neat. And then I open this drawer. I can barely open it. I go, well, I don't care what's in the drawer. I know I can tell you what every single thing is in that drawer though. I know yeah. exactly what's in there. So if you ask me for something, I know that where it'll be, but I don't want to look at it on my countertop because you're not, I don't need it. So I'm okay with it when it's behind, even the boxes when I was pregnant, I put them at least behind a closet door because I didn't have to see them. Like, yeah. I know they're there and I know it needs to get done, but I don't, it's not immediate for me. So, you know, it's a top priority. Well, and those are the things you kind of have to get. My mom always had a spotless house and I was grown. And she said, um, just so you know, the house was always spotless because your dad pretty much demanded that. He was the youngest, his mom worked, his dad had left, there were five kids, his sisters kind of tried to do stuff. And he, as a kid, just could not stand that chaos. Oh, chaos and cookies. And um, so like, that was kind of like their agreement early in the marriage that she stayed home most of the marriage and, and kept the house and the kids. And he wanted to walk into a spotless house. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of their deal. And she was like, I didn't care quite as much as he did. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny if you have a, so my house is very clean for, for having three kids and three dogs. Like I feel like it's pretty orderly and I don't have any help right now because of COVID. So I'm trying to keep up my laundry. Laundry is like my kryptonite. I don't do well with that, but, um, and I recognize that when here's the, here's the flip side, you have a clean house. Someone leaves a cup out. It totally sticks out and you're like, so then it can create, like, you don't put your dishes away. Yeah. It's like, well, excuse me. First of all, I'm still drinking that from that cup, but because this house is so clean, you saw it. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, mm. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it could just, it, 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 the house could be messy and it's like, oh, this house is a mess, but it's clean. And it's like, there's stuff out. <laughs> so well, my dad got up at three in the morning to go to the bathroom and he came back and the bed was made and he goes, wait a minute. And my mom goes, 
well, what time is it? You got out of bed. You have to make the bed when you get out of it. And he was like, it's three. I'm getting back in. <laughs> oh, I've asked my husband, I'm like, are you coming back? Cause we'll go, he'll take the kids to school. Cause the kids go off way easier for him than me. Cause they'll pull the mom card and they know that like, I can't leave them while they're upset. I'm getting over that, but it's hard, especially with my three-year-old, but they don't do it with him. And so I'll make the bed and he'll be like, man, I'm just tired. I was going to go back to bed. And I'm like, so now I'm just like, do you have calls when you get back or like, should I? Because <laughs> <laughs> what happens is like, he just unmakes it. So he'll just throw them all on the side. And I'm like, oh, put them nice and neat. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. I'm ill. <laughs> okay. So as a leader, I want to say some things you just have to let go of. Yes, this is true. Some things you just have to let go of. And you have to know you are a leader and find your space. Like, where do you shine? What do you love to do? Yeah, I do totally that. agree. Yeah. I love this so much. I, I could not wait to have this conversation. And I was like, who knows where it was going to go, right? Because with you and me, like, we'll call. <laughs> no lie, no lie, listeners. Like, when Jennifer calls me, we're like, okay, or she doesn't even say hi anymore. She's like, did you see that? Oh my gosh. Like she just, and I, we have the same language, but it's, then she'll be like, I gotta go. And she'll just hang up. I'm like, and usually I'm like, did I do something wrong? But I'm like, cause I know how Jennifer is. I'm like, oh yeah, she's totally like, she's got something she needs to go do right now or she'll lose track or she's got a pie in the oven. Cause if you guys follow Jennifer, she has pie, love you desserts and she bakes these beautiful cakes and pies. And I'm just always like, I want some of those. And, um, I'm always like, oh, she's probably got to go bake a cake for somebody or whatever. So I don't, it doesn't bother me, which is funny, but no telling we could be on the phone for two minutes or we would sometimes try to be on the phone for two minutes. It turns into 20. It never happens. It never happens. Well, and usually, um, it's because I have something else scheduled and the time got away from us and I'm like, oh crap, I'm supposed to be doing. Oh yeah. No. And normally I'm like, oh no, but now I'm just like, we're so busy. It's like, but that's a good thing, but I love our connection. And I was just wanting to share (laughs) you with them and I wanted to bring them into your world because we've been talking about this for so long and because of everything going on. It just never happened. So we were just like, we're doing it and that's it. No excuses. <laughs> we are doing this no matter what. I know. And I, know. I love it. And I love you, Heather. And I love what you're building. It's just so important. Oh, I appreciate that. And you knew me from the very, very beginning. Like, whoo, yes. Like right when Chaos and Cookies was just like, I just like chose the name that it like the week before. So you've seen me from like baby stages. So it's been like really great to have you by my side and like, just, you know, I love you so much. And I want to tell the listeners where we can find you and about your podcast because her podcast rocks guys, by the way, she is amazing. Go check out her podcast for all manager mastery. And yeah, tell them where you can, you can find it. Yeah. So my podcast is new manager media manage right from the start. I do work with seasoned managers also and higher levels, but like my favorite place in the world is with new managers who are like, holy crap, what do I do now? (laughs) How did I get this position? I didn't even ask for it. You kind of did, but still. Uh, So the podcast is going really well. Um, My Facebook page is Takagi Consulting 
And if you are a manager or know somebody who is, I have a group, New Manager Mastery, on Facebook. And we're continuing these kind of conversations, like what do you do? What do you need to do? It's still building and still growing. So that's another place. LinkedIn, Jennifer Takagi. Uh, what else? YouTube, Jennifer Takagi. You never know. The, my niece is Jennifer Takagi, too. She hasn't taken it. There's another Jennifer Takagi out there. Really? <laughs> And they're taking my name on the platforms and Pi Love You Desserts is on Instagram and Takagi Consulting and Jennifer Takagi are on there too. Yes. And she's awesome. And I'm in her mastery um, group and she has just daily tips. She pops in there, gives us so many good things. And I just, I love anytime. I'm just like, I just will listen to you all day long. And her podcast (laughs) is booming and amazing and um, go grab that too. And thank you for being here and chatting and all sorts of things, our conversation. <laughs> ah. uh, it was wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope your listeners got a, a tip that they can take away and, and do better today. Thank you so much. And actually, before I let you go, you have some books because you, you are a best-selling author. And she's got lots of courses on actually how to become a best-selling author, by the way. But um, your books can be found where? They are on Amazon. And I have Address the Stress, Tips and Tricks to Lead to Success, How Great Leaders Build Great Teams, um, Attack the Problem, Not the Person. Mm -hmm. And that is based on the um, DISC behavioral profiles because the highly dominant people kind of scare the rest of us. And it's like how they can address us and how we know how to address them back. So cute little book. And then the last one is um, Navigating Your Way Through Grief. And that one I I put out there and just amazingly, it became a bestseller too. Um, Just because there, I've had a lot of loss in my life and it just kind of seemed like the time to share the stories. And then I have another one that I have not promoted in any way. And I didn't even look to see if it became a bestseller. And that was, um, I love you to the moon and back. My mom passed away 12 years ago and it's like all the quirky sayings that she had that really meant a lot to me. And, um, I just kind of threw that together just because I was missing her and thinking about her. And then I printed it out for my sisters. And so, um, yeah, I have five up there and four were bestsellers. So super exciting. It's awesome. And yeah, go snag that. She's got just a wonderful, just nuggets and like if she can create a tip out of like thin air. If I'm like, I need a tip about X, Y, Z. She's like, oh, you could totally talk about like boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh, cool. Can you just do that for me all the time? Like she can just rattle it off and she will spark inspiration in you. So definitely go check out Jennifer. Uh, Well, I just need to do it for myself, right? (laughs) It's easier to do it for others. I can do it for others. I can't do it for myself. So Uh I'm, that's why we like to talk to each other. That's is true. This is true. Well, <laughs> well thank, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. And listeners, if you guys, um, you know, follow the um, podcast, uh, go download um, other episodes. We talked about time blocking a couple of episodes back. So um, if you're trying to make room for more like 
managing your home and all those fun things, you can guys go back and listen. And thank you so much for joining us today. And we will catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.